No, 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 I wasn't suggesting pulling anything out. I just thought that maybe we could slot it in somewhere. L- luckily, you weren't pulling anything out on the Zoom meeting. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> It's Friday, October 23rd, and this is the Dutch News Podcast, your weekly chance to catch up with what's been going on here in the Netherlands. I'm Paul Peters, Master Student in Civil Engineering and Transatlantic Oliebol Delivery Guy. And with me today are Gordon Derrick, Contributing Editor at Dutch News and Schiermonnik Oog, Pandemic Watcher. And Molly Quell, Contributing Editor at Dutch News and Less Pleasant Half of an ANWB Bedroom Couple. <laughs> I gotta say, the job titles this week are quite good, but I think it would be better if yours was Hacksplainer or yeah, something definitely. like this, Paul. Because <laughs> yeah, you've been doing a lot of Hacksplaining this week. Oh, yeah. because yeah. I thought that uh, just entering five random passwords and accidentally have the good one uh, does mm-hmm. not count as hacking. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's mm-hmm. correct. Yeah, and you've been it. saying this repeatedly on all forums and platforms to an <laughs> annoying and irritating degree. <laughs> and because it's Twitter, everyone else has disagreed with you as well. Yes. Uh, but disagreed with you in that way of just saying you're wrong, bye, but not actually going yeah, any further. Yeah, we're not going yeah. in, in, in... Well, I thought there were some uh, interesting discussions <laughs> under my tweet why uh, hacking... Uh, why it should count as hacking, but... Uh, I muted the conversation very soon afterwards, <laughs> so I didn't notice uh, any of yeah. the other tweets. So, oh well. That is that is the secret to winning Twitter. If you get a tweet that gets more than like ten likes, you just have to mute it immediately. Yeah, and, and then you don't have to deal with any of the drama. Indeed, and let all the other people have the discussion yep. and don't go, uh, don't contribute to it. But we will hear about more about why I'm a hack explainer in the op of the week. So uh, yeah, and we'll hear about your uh, Oli Ball deliveries as well in the in the. Com- break so yes it's all coming up because my job title was the suggestion of one of our new patrons so uh yeah because he paid we had we just had to do it i mean he mm-hmm. pays i deliver so yeah that's uh absolutely oliball in this are, case we are yeah. perfectly willing to auction off the job title section to anybody who wants to give us money <laughs> totally. so you can get absolutely, in touch with yeah. us at podcast at dutchnews.nl <laughs> we can negotiate yeah. indeed and gordon uh you've been watching schiermonnik oog well yes uh, with a um uh yeah we're watching schiermonnik uh, Grey Monk's Eye with the BDI, the, the, <laughs> the, 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 the last bastion of uh, coronavirus, because until uh, early this week, they, they were the only place in the whole of the Netherlands where there'd been no corona. So it's the only corona-free zone. So um, and now they have uh, they've had their first infection. Yeah, there's been one one uh, corona patient so far, which almost certainly means there'll be more. That now means that 100% of the people of Schimonik Oog have Pretty corona. much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, won't take round, it won't take long to get around the whole island. Um, did they shut it? Did they shut the island down? Is that how they kept it out? No, they didn't. No, people could still come and go. People were traveling to Schimonik Oog. I think uh, our yeah. editor went to Schimonik Oog. Uh, to, uh, oh, yeah, that's the right. Did over the summer as well. But yeah. no, they, 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 oh. I think they just got lucky, really. Um, yeah. Which uh, no, I, I guess, uh, I, I don't know, maybe they, they, it was also, of course, the last place in the Netherlands to be occupied by the Nazis. I have no idea if there's any connection. <laughs> There. But maybe they built up some kind of immunity. Indeed, or... because Germany is doing so well. Uh, almost, exactly, yes. almost, almost no corona patients in Germany. So yeah, I think there is a connection here. Yeah, do, I agree. Do so, we yeah, know? So, do we know how many people live on Schiermonnikoog? 
I think it's about 700 or something, isn't it? Ah, a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, it's less than 1,000, I think. Yeah. It's 953. But uh, Schumonikoog yeah. is the last of the Wadda Islands. Uh, yeah, is it the last one? or? Is yeah, it's the furthest towards... Ge- it's the only one that's in Groningen. They're in... Um, they're, 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 the others are all in Friesland. Is it in Groningen? Really? It is in Groningen, oh. yeah. It was, it was moved because the islands have all drifted westwards over the <laughs> centuries. And at some point, it was so far west that it made, no longer made sense to have it uh, part of Friesland. So it, oh. uh, it shifted to Groningen. I just always wow. thought that all the water islands were part of uh, Friesland except Tessel, no. but there is a, there's another one. Okay. I learned something today. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Good job. Uh, Molly, uh, what's uh, that uh, about the Anme Bay? It's because I made the best tweet that I will ever make yeah, this week. <laughs> you did, indeed. <laughs> it was the pinnacle of tweeting, and only like three people liked it, but it's okay. I know, I know. So it those are the best tweets, tweet. the ones that you know it are great. It was the best tweet. <laughs> yeah, I don't, how did we even get on this subject, actually? Because you tweeted a photo of you Oh, on the yeah, couch. because, so my, my partner and I's anniversary was this week, and of course you can't do anything, so we spent the evening with take, takeout food on the couch. In matching pajamas, um, because we always yeah. get matching pajamas for Christmas every year. So we have, like, multiple sets of matching pajamas. Excellent. And Paul joked that we were an on bebe couple, I think, and uh, asked if we had matching jackets. Because, of course, the joke <laughs> is is that, uh, you know, you know that you've been together for a really long time when you go to the on bay and you buy, buy matching jackets. Yeah, matching bikes. Mm. And, Ma- and Matching bikes. Everything, ma- yeah, everything matches. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I said, matching jackets in the streets, matching pajamas in the sheets, which I think <laughs> is not a tweet I will ever be able to top. That, that was a very good one. Yeah, I was uh, I was blown away when I read it. It was very yeah. good. And, it was tremendous. Uh, uh, perhaps we should explain what the Anwe Bay is to our listeners who don't really know this. Uh, it's like the traveler store, it, it sort is, of. It's, it's a motoring organization, isn't it? Although the Bay... Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, gives away the fact that it started out as a cycling club. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's the most Dutch organization ever. It's it's the largest y- union uh, in the Netherlands, and it's uh, uh, it it just sums up uh, everything that's Dutch. So uh, cycling, um, uh, insurance. It's also an insurance company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a travel company. So it 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 shows you the w- all the road signs in the Netherlands yeah. that show you the direction of of of, uh, uh, of you know Amsterdam, fifteen kilometers. That's also yeah. also the Bay. Yeah, uh, and also the, 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 they have a shop that sells everything you need to become Dutch, like uh, tents, yes. camping equipment, matching jackets, cycling everything stuff, basically, in, cycling stuff, raincoats. Yeah. 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 yeah, all of this. Their weekly, their monthly magazine called Kampioen is the largest magazine in the Netherlands. I believe yeah. that. And that's, yeah. that's I mean, true. we get it, I mean, of course. It's, yeah, it, it, it's the most published and the least read magazine in the whole of the Netherlands. I've, I've never read it, though. <laughs> that's true. So yeah. We read it. But we're, a, you know, we're an Anve Bay couple. <laughs> so you have, to, you, have to, you have to be up to date with all the new French uh, camping equipment, of course. Exactly. Uh, exactly, yeah. And and your uh, you know your sort of designation as the less pleasant half is also objectively true. Anybody who's met my partner, <laughs> he is objectively more pleasant than I am. There's no there's no arguing this point. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you um uh, are you bronze or silver members of the MVP, Molly? Uh, I don't know. Uh, he handles all of this because he's uh, okay. the Dutch one. So right. I'm just I'm, along I'm, for the ride. I'm, I'm a bronze member. So <laughs> oh, okay. you know, after being a member for a certain number of years, you get a new card in a different color. 
It's oh. very it's very Dutch. So I think you start okay, off with a I'm blue gonna card. To, I'm gonna have to look this up. But I think I yeah. I swear I don't know if this is apocryphal or true, but I think his parents gave him an Andre May membership <laughs> when he was like 18. That is probably almost certainly true. That yeah. Almost, yeah it, 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 it is a thing that's passed down uh, yeah. through generations. That Andre May membership. Yeah, that <laughs> I think so. As well. yeah. And <laughs> what was funny is the day after we were having this discussion, he actually went to the Andre Bay to buy stuff and came home with stuff from the Andre Bay. So it wasn't. This isn't. Even even like some sort of you know weird joke that like isn't actually like there's a lot of truth in this oh yeah in in fact everything is true about this job title it's not an exaggeration and that just makes it such a good job title uh i just want to point out that as the only dutch person on this podcast i'm the (laughs) only one that's not a member of uh, the army bay so yeah it's immigration is coming for you indeed yeah Yeah, it's coming (laughs) The IFAD onto you. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah. The, I think the Anime <laughs> Bay has his own IFAD branch uh, yeah, that just sure. tracks yeah. down yeah. every non-members <laughs> and force you to. It's like Hitler Jugend, but for the Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's too We're early. The level in the already. Can't believe it. So we have Opef. We do. But have this is the third Opef this week. We've, this is the third version of the Alpef because it keeps getting all peffier around mm-hmm. here. We, we have Alpef coming out of our ears this week. Indeed, yeah. This is, uh, I think this is the, indeed the third Alpef uh, that we had and, de- and decided to, 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 uh, to call the Alpef of the week. The actual one became so large that we had to treat it as an actual story. So we will hear about that more later in the podcast. So stay tuned. You will not uh, 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 regret listening uh, to this. You will not this. be disappointed. No. You will not be disappointed at all. So the replacement Ophef now is uh, might just be as good, actually. Uh, it's about ethical hacker Victor Gevers, who claims to have hacked Donald Trump's Twitter account. Uh, this was reported by both uh, the Volkskrant and Vrij Nederland. And uh, they say they have seen Grover's proof consisting of screenshots and communication with the U.S. Secret Service. Grover said it didn't take much effort to break into the president's Twitter account. Uh, he said it took him only seven trials. So uh, he just typed something in and the seventh time... Was it seven? I thought it was four. There, were, there mm. are some conflicting numbers here uh, okay. but the nos there's a lot of conflicting as we're going to get into about this <laughs> yeah. indeed the nos wrote the the fifth time uh but other other sources said seven time and i hadn't read the volkskrant article because i don't have the uh subscription and also not the mm. fine nederland one so i just took over what the nos said but five or seven uh or four or four uh yeah. it's still pretty bad uh Trump's password turned out to be mega2020 exclamation point. Uh, This refers uh, (laughs) to the uh, president's infamous slogan, Make America Great Again. Uh, But both Twitter and the White House deny the president's Twitter account was hacked. Uh, We haven't seen proof that uh, substantiate the claim, Twitter said, and it wasn't the first time Gevers managed to break into Trump's Twitter account. In 2016, together with two others, he used leaked passwords from LinkedIn to log into Trump's uh, account, who apparently used the same password. And do we know what his uh, password was in 2016? I know it. 
I know it too, but... Uh, it was your fired. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, and the astonishing thing about that is that he spelt it correctly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which is, I think it was a double bluff, because everyone would have expected him yeah. to spell it with the wrong form of your. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that, of course, refers to his uh, sketch phrase of uh, The Apprentice. It's called, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, The Apprentice. Um, so, yeah, it's. Um, it turns out Trump is not a, not a very smart man. Who knew yeah, that? And then, and, and, yeah, but, and, and then, of course, uh, Twitter blew up when America woke up to this news. And uh, there was yeah. furious arguments about whether this is genuine, whether the false grant is a real newspaper. You yes. name it, basically. Yeah. I so. mean, as somebody who sits in this weird situation where I am a very online person who is in, very involved in both, like, American political Twitter and, of course, like, Dutch Twitter. It was very funny to see the sort of American responses where they were like, we've never heard of this newspaper. Is this even a real newspaper? And just sort of this very American-centric kind of view of things, which it wasn't that I wasn't aware that existed, but it really took sort of like moving to Europe and kind of being very immersed in another country's kind of politics to understand just like how idiots on smart, I mean, ostensibly smart people. I don't mean just like, you know, egg icon, uh, Joe Rogan 6969 is dumb on Twitter because clearly this person is dumb on Twitter. But I mean like genuine, like, you know, political watchers and journalists and stuff who just say incredibly dumb things. Like, is the Volkskrant a actual newspaper? And there was a lot of discussion I was reading because they published both of these articles in English because, of course, they're not stupid. They knew that this was going to get international attention and nobody yeah. speaks Dutch besides Dutch people and, like, four <laughs> Belgians who can barely muster it. And so people were like, yeah, but if this is a real Dutch newspaper, why do they publish in English? And I was like, oh, my yeah. God, you guys. Like, really? Yeah. Is this really we, what we're doing? We also have yeah. to say a- that the Volkskrant and Vrij Nederland publish their articles in English because if there is one thing the Dutch crave, it is attention from international media. So international just, media, yeah. for because, sure. Because tomorrow there will be another story all in newspapers about how the, uh, about how about how their story went around the world. Yeah, so indeed. That's what always yeah. happens. Yeah, ju- yeah, just like with the Ophef, uh, with the real Ophef, there was were also yeah. uh, articles uh, on the NOS and on the uh, other news site about that it was uh, global news. We always have that. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It's, it becomes like a hall of mirrors. Like, yeah, yeah. But the question is, is do we think he actually did this? Because there is a lot of discussion about this. Uh, so where do I, we come down? I find it very... Um, Hard to believe that Trump would take this as his uh, <laughs> as his as his password, but I think that's the that's the least. Um, yeah, do you, you think Trump's smarter than that? Actually, <laughs> I do. But what I also don't understand is it is such a straightforward uh, uh, password. If this really was his password, why? Why didn't somebody get it before? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. But but mm-hmm. but perhaps that that happened before, and that explains all of his tweets of the past four years. But yeah, this is also possible. This is also possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, I the only there is some discussion not to get like super technical about this, but in theory, Twitter has said that they in they require two factor authentication to be turned on for well, people did... who are famous, basically, and that it, he couldn't have done this if it was. Now he says in the in the Volkskron article, he says he was surprised that the two-factor authentication wasn't turned mm. on. Well, I think what Twitter um, actually what Twitter exactly said was they proactively encouraged two-factor authentication because oh. you can you can use the user can always switch it off, and that would not surprise me at all. I had understood from other people who were talking about this that they required it. Period. End of discussion. They started doing this a couple of years ago for anybody who was like sort of a famous person. Yeah. 
Um, uh, now, you know, do I believe that Trump is kind of a moron and kept getting tripped up by the two-factor authentication and they complained to Twitter who eventually turned it off for him? Like, sure, I think that that's totally possible. I just, I find it weird that this guy would, who is like just kind of a boring, normal, like hacker dude would lie about it, basically. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. I think, what, what rides it for me. I agree. Yeah, this as well. And, yeah, and also, I mean, he, he's, done, he's got form. He's done it before. So he clearly knows how to get in. And yeah. he's, um, yeah, and he hasn't just, yeah, if he has lied, he's not just lied about uh, hacking the account, but also lied about um, uh, communicating with the security services, which is quite yeah. easy to disprove. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, who, but for the record, is refusing to comment, or at least as well, I went to bed yeah. yesterday, was yeah. refusing to comment. So yeah, yeah. Uh, would Trump calling uh, the Volkskrant on Twitter uh, fake news? Would that wouldn't that just be the pinnacle of 2020? I mean, <laughs> Volkskrant subscriptions would probably go through the roof. It's like the best, I think, marketing thing they could possibly do. Yeah, and my my running yeah. theory is that the hacker faked the screenshot and the communication with the Secret Service to point out how bad the Volkskrant and Vrij Nederland are oh. at journalism. So that's now my my <laughs> my conspiracy theory here. <laughs> I. Uh, if that turned out to be the case, Paul, I would uh, I would not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it it would make things much more interesting. Let's uh, yeah, for sure, yeah, indeed. This week, I fixed my webcam to make sure Molly will not see me masturbating. Uh, the infection rates in the <laughs> Netherlands continue to rise. The royal family had the shortest holiday ever. Brits in the Netherlands are in danger of missing deadlines. And we also have the most incredible animal story ever. When you turned your camera on this morning, Paul, I was... I was not emotionally okay. No. And you weren't even masturbating. <laughs> yeah, just... It's an uncanny coincidence that, uh, that your camera starts working right yeah, just as this whole business what men do on camera or when they're not on camera blows up. Yeah, yeah indeed. No, yeah, we, yeah. We, were, we were talking, of course, about this scandal, about this guy who I keep forgetting yeah, his De- name of. Jeffrey Jeffrey, Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah. He's a New Yorker legal correspondent yeah. who I've actually met several times. Oh, to, 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 and of course, to, Tubin has now become a euphemism, right? Yeah, uh, he was, for he was, sure, he, as it should be. I mean, the fact that it wasn't already is just a missed opportunity. Yeah, pe- people actually in Zoom meetings now are saying to each other, are you Tubin under your desk? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Why did I get stuck doing the Corona news? I never have to do the Corona news, and I'm very mad about this. Yeah, it was either the Corona's Corona news bad. or the sports news, so we figured you, you mean, would rather have oh, the global man. pandemic than uh, men uh, kicking there, balls uh, to each other. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> In the last week, COVID-19 infections rose by 27% over the previous week. That is the sixth rate week in which the number of recorded cases has increased. The positive test rate, that is the percentage of people who have symptoms and get tested, has also risen to 14.4%. It is totally possible that by the time you listen to this podcast, all of those numbers will have gone up. Or perhaps down. We can always hope. Amsterdam, Rotterdam, and Utrecht have the highest infection rates, and apparently also scare Monaco. And there have been 185 deaths in the last week. And any results from the new measures implemented last week will only start to be seen in the past day or so, so let's hope that we start to see some downward trends. Mm. Despite this, the government has no plans to change the regulations surrounding schools. A survey by teacher unions Laren and Axie found that 80% of teachers are worried about the situation at work. In particular, full classes often make it difficult to keep the 1.5 meter distance rule, teachers say. And there have been corona infections at 342 of these 648 Dutch secondary schools since August. Meanwhile, police and street workers 
wardens are to step up the enforcement of coronavirus rules, which will lead to more fines, public safety officials said. In particular, officials will make a formal note of the warnings that they hand out so that people can be fined if they are caught a second time. This seems like a thing you should have been doing all along. Yeah. Yeah. We want more uniformity in the way police and wardens work, Justice Minister and complete and total hypocrite, Ferdinand Cropperhouse said. Yeah. Is there a formal note of the um, uh, of his breach then, so he can be fined if he does it again? No, he just donated some money to the Red Cross and said yeah. it was fine. Oh, well. He also clarified that the government can actually prevent people from doing soft drugs in public, so keep your pot smoking indoors. That so kicked off a, bit of, a yeah. bit of a fuss last week, which was quite entertaining. Yeah, so it's taken two weeks for the government to work out whether it can or cannot uh, uh, ban people from smoking, lighting up joints in the street. Yes, yeah. in public. I mean, in their defense, it is the, the whole thing is yeah. weird, like the rules about this, which we're not going to get into because we'll be here for the whole hour. Absolutely. But, so I'm... I'm fairly sympathetic to the pot smoking in public situation all of the rest of this i am not sympathetic to at all i don't understand why they weren't making a formal note of warnings earlier on this seems insane completely insane to me and incredible for the netherlands where where they usually have uh, everything is recorded in triplicate in six (laughs) page reports so yes yeah, you know where you park your bike is easy. You know, kind of you know, <laughs> yeah. if you put an application to get niches put outside your uh, in the street outside your house so that everyone can park their bikes, it goes through about three different council meetings. It's all minuted. How on earth can they no. not uh, keep records of this? Yeah, indeed. Uh, I don't know. So, how is everybody doing? Are we all adhering to the rules? I just wanted to ask you: with street wardens, you mean boas? Boas. Okay. Yeah, that's the translation we've decided to go with for street for Boas. I think on this podcast we should just call him Boas. I think Boa will is, will capture, uh, you know, uh, the actual status better than street wardens. Than street wardens, hmm. fine. We can go with the official Dutch news podcast terminology as Boa. I, and that's I will, just what I will change use. it into our official uh, Dutch news podcast uh, Thank dictionary. Thank you. We okay. appreciate that. I have noticed a serious uptick in the amount of people who are angry on social media <laughs> about stuff, um, which was impressive. Because yeah, because they were I've, pretty furious to start with. They've been pretty furious all along. <laughs> um, so I do think that like people do seem to be more irritated during this lockdown. Not per se with the lockdown, although there is definitely more of like sort of, I don't know, corona truthers that are popping up. Yeah. Um, but people just really seem to have no more <laughs> patience for any of this, which I is also kind of where I feel like I am at. Um, yeah, and people are just really upset that no one else seems to be obeying the rules, and they are. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it all seems to be falling apart, coming apart at the seams, basically. And 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 now there was a, there was a call um, yesterday, which was Thursday, from the uh, the the red team, which is like this informal uh, the uh, advice group of like uh, people who were um, who were jailed for crimes they didn't commit or something. I can't remember. <laughs> but anyway, the the, 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 the team of like uh, virology some people now saying there should be a full four week lockdown uh, yeah. no holds barred everything should shut down for four weeks to get make the virus go away um, they, they also said the schools should shut for two weeks to get the viruses uh, uh, out of the school system um, obviously no one's told them that the schools are already yeah, off this week so they, 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 so, so they'd only have to shut down for another one week <laughs> yeah, in fact. so that's, uh, so, w- yeah. that's uh, not that much of a damage than uh, you know closing it randomly into uh, during the school uh, yeah, but it would period just be a yeah. I have to say that my biggest takeaway from Corona, well, there's been a few, but my biggest one, I think, is something I had already felt extremely smug about before and now feel just so emboldened to be smug about, which is to shop at 
small local places instead of big chain stores. Um, one, because they're on a different supply chain. So even when there were big runs on stuff, like earlier this year, we did not have any problem getting things. And two, because the shops are smaller, you're basically only in there with one or two people. It's not like the Albert Hine, where this is like extremely stressful because there's like a bunch of people and they're not paying attention and whatever. Um, and three, a lot of these places have started or were doing it before, especially for like older people, but are now doing it for everybody. You can basically like WhatsApp your order in and just walk in and pick it up, which you can't do with the Albert Hine. Mm. Um, and, mm. you know, most of these people are, like, living in your community and, you know, are lovely people who are running, like, nice shops um, and are much more willing to go the extra mile for you. So I think one of the things I've been seeing a lot on Twitter is people, like, complaining a lot about the Albert Hine. And I think if you could find a way to, if you can afford to do it, right, to go to, like, your local farmer's market or your local like Zalvo place where you can get your dairy or your local butcher or your local bakery. Um, you can have a very much more pleasant shopping experience. Um, and the real trick with the farmer's markets is to go real early in the morning, which <laughs> is not a problem in this house because we're, we're morning people. But we were there at, my partner went at, on Thursday, it was there at like 8.55 and he was the only person there banged through before he even had to see anybody else besides the people that were working there. Yeah. And also there are small business owners, right? So they need yeah. the help more than uh, this giant supermarket chain does, for sure. uh, as uh, Ahold. So, yeah, indeed, I think yeah. that's, a, that's a good, uh, yeah. good and advice. And I mean, like, I went to the butcher last week. We go to, like, a little local butcher guy, um, and he has a lot of older customers, and a lot of them are very uncomfortable, so they're just, like, bringing the orders out the door, basically, um, which is very entertaining because the butcher is extremely old-fashioned, and they don't have, like, a detachable pin pass machine, so you still have to go inside to pay. <laughs> so they're, like taking the people's orders out to them, taking the pin pass thing like inside to do the contactless payment, like taking it back out so that these like 95 year olds who live in the neighborhood, like don't have to have any kind of contact and like that kind of service, like you're never going to get in an Albert Hine. Right. So I, I think if it's possible for you to do that and you're trying to alleviate some of the headache, like this is a really great way to support your local community and be less stressed about Corona. It is all really good. Yeah. If, um, uh, but uh, I was really struck certainly when I went to the, 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 in the square near where I live, where all the shops are, there's a big supermarket on one side and there's a little decent sized local supermarket about the size of what a supermarket would have been 20 years ago to stop most stuff. And almost nobody goes, in there even when back in the days at the start of the lockdown when everyone was complaining about the lack of toilet paper and there was no, the big supermarket was permanently run out of toilet paper and you went into this other place and they always had toilet paper but it's weird yep. that people just hadn't discovered this it's not like it was hidden away down a back alley or something it was right on the um on the opposite side of the square but yeah the only thing i would say about using local shops is all great if you've got the time and if you haven't got children in your house who insist on having the same brand of hamburger which you can only get <laughs> yeah. in your local big supermarket that that's uh, yeah, the, the, that's where that theory kind of falls down. Is why I, I yeah. generally still do my shopping in the in, in the big supermarket because it's convenient, and I'm shopping for three people, um, yeah, and, for sure. and, and they want specific things that that I know I can get in uh, in, in in the big yellow supermarket that sponsors cycling teams. Yeah, and I'm, I'm also aware that it oftentimes costs more money, and that's like not feasible for everybody. Though I will say, in, in to that particular point, that I was also really surprised at people who were standing in line to wait at the Albert Hine and then complaining about them not having stuff during the first period of lockdown near the Albert Hine that's that's sort of closest to Paul and I's house. There's a lot of like Turkish grocery stores that were mm. fully stocked up and had everything. Um, and oftentimes their prices are cheaper. Um, so, you know, if you are if you are looking for a way to sort of stay away from some of the big grocery stores, find a more local place and also find some stuff that's like 
cheaper. Like, I highly recommend getting to know the people that work at your local Turkish market. Um, there is a delightful, angry old lady who runs one of the ones that's near Paul's mm. guy's house who yells at me every time I'm in there. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, a very nice, pleasant neighborhood experience to be yelled at in Turkish by an old lady. <laughs> I'm here for it. All part of the fun. Yeah. And yeah, you know you're absolutely you're in no danger at all of running into Pefe Face supporters either. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you're never gonna run bonus. into Cherry Baudet. Yeah. That's really a great great little uh, great little bonus. While we were recording and editing last Friday, uh, a tweet popped up by Menno Swart, a journalist and aviation enthusiast. He tweeted a photo of the government's plane, the PHGov, being prepared at Schiphol Oost. And since no ministers had any official flight scheduled and Prime Minister Mark Rutte was in Brussels but he was driven there, there was only one explanation possible and that was the king and queen were going on holiday. And this was later confirmed when the plane's flight plan was released and the destination was indeed Greece, where the king has a vacation home. The fact the king was going on holiday during a global pandemic and the biggest crisis since World War II, and even though Mark Rutte had just days before urged everyone to stay at home as much as possible, naturally caused a lot of upheaval. Furious reactions were piling up gradually and slowly during the course of Friday morning and at the weekly press conference after the cabinet's ministerial meeting, Amsterdam Realtor and Vice Prime Minister Hugo de Jonge, who deputized for Mark Rutte, who, as I said, was in Brussels, was asked if the royal family was going on holiday, but he had to respond that he didn't know and also the head of the uh, government's um, uh, communication agency, the Rijksvoorlichtingsdienst, who was also present, said he wasn't aware. But flight data showed that at that exact moment, the PHGov was en route to Greece. And as the day continued, the UPHEF exploded and became so large that on Friday evening, the King and Queen released a communique that they had seen the UPHEF and that they would return to the Netherlands as soon as possible. But there was yet more UPHEF, Paul. Indeed, because the government's plane was almost back at Schiphol at that point and remained there for the rest of the day as well as on Saturday. So people thought... You know, why isn't the plane going to pick them up? But then it was speculated that instead they would be, uh, uh, instead of sending the plane back to Greece, they would just take a commercial flight to Amsterdam. And conveniently enough, that would also allow them to stay at their vacation home for almost a day longer. And this was confirmed when the Royal Standard was flown over Huisden Bos as soon as a KLM flight from Athens landed in Schiphol. And that indicated that the king was indeed back in the country. And 45 minutes later, a small motorcade arrived at the palace and photographs showed that Willem Alexander was in fact in the car but in contrast to all the other passengers he wasn't wearing a face mask and that in turn caused another round of Ophef. Then on Sunday Mark Rutte was spotted in The Hague in what was a, what was the most casual outfit I had ever seen <laughs> and he told reporters that he knew the king was going to Greece but he had made an error of judgment in not advising him uh, to go. Hmm. Did, did the king think that his beard would protect him from corona <laughs> so he didn't have to wear a face mask? That's a sort of know. royal face mask, yeah. I think uh, that, that that might be true. Yeah, okay. But it's just, it's, so surely, surely now, that that, that was the end of the opera. Yeah, you, right? you would think this, 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 <laughs> this, this was the end of it, right? But no, because on Tuesday it was released uh, that... 
Two of William Alexander's daughters had stayed behind in Greece, while their parents and, parents and younger sisters had returned to the Netherlands. The official explanation was that there were only six tickets available on Saturday night, three for the king and queen and uh, their daughter, and three for, uh, secu- for their security detail. But subsequent flights were not full, and Princess Amalia and Princess Alexia could have returned earlier. Uh, Rutte said in a response that he was aware the girls were staying behind, but uh, he called the decision a private matter. Uh, just as uh, initially the vacation as a whole was de- was uh, deemed a private matter. King released a two-minute-long video on Thursday in which he said that it hurts to have betrayed your trust in us, and he admitted that it was very unwise not to take into account the impact of the new restrictions on our society. And he ended, he ended uh, with saying that we are not infallible, even though constitutionally speaking he is. Yes, indeed, which is why the Prime Minister had to respond, had to had to um, explain the, the situation on his behalf. Indeed. Because he is constitutionally responsible for the King's actions, which kicked off another whole round of op-pef uh, on our Facebook page where people yeah, were asking... Yeah, please stop yelling at us on Twitter <laughs> and Facebook about this, guys. Like, please, just please, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is there is, in fact, monitor. a responsibility that Mark Ritza has over the King. It is in law. I also think it's weird. I also don't come from a country with a monarchy, but like this is the where the way it is. Please stop yelling at us on Facebook about it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, th- th- there's an awful lot to un- un- unpack here, though. Which is specifically, I mean, f- first of all, I mean, the, 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 this excuse that they didn't have enough tickets on the plane for Kyle. I mean, sure, they could have just bought off another couple of passengers, or Willem Alexander could have flown the plane. You know, he's done that before. <laughs> they're, they're his yeah. planes. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, the yeah, license. Yeah, yeah. yeah, indeed. Yeah, or yeah. Yeah, that could be it. I mean, I, I believe that there were not, not enough tickets available for Saturday night, but then just go the next morning, right? I mean, I yeah. that they had to stay for uh, another three or four days, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know what I think the most Dutch thing about all this is? Is that uh, um, the whole reason that this became OPEF, this was uh, released into the public domain, because obviously it's, uh, ostensibly it's about the private movements of the royal family, but of course it's because this journalist knew um, the, about the flight schedule of the government plane, and that's because the government plane, they took the decision years ago, I think for budgetary reasons, but Paul correct me maybe, um, uh, that the, the government plane should be a civilian plane and not a military plane, and that's the reason and why it is possible to uh, to, to log its, its flight details. That's true. Uh, oh, on, online. That's yeah. the, the most popular uh, flight radar is Flight Radar 24 and uh, the government <laughs> had requested them to hide the plane on, 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 on that platform and Flight Radar just, uh, just does it when the government uh, asks them to because they want to uh, 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 remain friendly with them, of course. But there are other flight mm. trackers as well and they don't have... Uh, they either ignore the the government's request or they just uh, uh, yeah uh, do it anyway. Yeah, but yeah, but, 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 yeah, but they are in the civilian flight system. That's the point. So they yeah. they can always be accessed. Yeah, then yeah. they, they, yeah. they have to be. Whereas a military plane would not be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Interesting. I uh, heard a lot of people comment that the the king uh, didn't capture the mood of the country uh, very well, but I think the contrary is true. I think uh, mm. if you look at how. Uh, Almost a majority of this country have been uh, dealing with the coronavirus. I think uh, 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 he, he he captured it perfectly well, and that is that is a mood of lack of urgency, carelessness, and 
probably yeah. indifference and, and, about and, the global pandemic that we're yeah. in. And also the rule, also the idea that the rules apply to everybody else, but not to yeah, me. Yeah, indeed. Which yeah. is what uh, what came out in the survey where people said, "Yes, everyone should stick to the rules, but if I've been tested, I've still been shopping." Yeah. So and yeah, and, <laughs> and don't forget uh, uh, the entire agenda of of the king had been dedicated, if not you know, fully consumed with the coronavirus mm. since March. If anyone in this country should have the best overview of the impact of the pandemic. It is the king because he has been constantly visiting uh, 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 hospitals, testing facilities, uh, nursing homes, laboratories, yeah. emergency mm. distribution centers for medical equipment, schools, companies, businesses, factories. He has visited them all. If you are a business and you haven't been, uh, if the king hasn't visited you, then 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 that that sort of <laughs> is a miracle almost. So if with all this knowledge. And he also has, of course, the, the, the weekly audience with the prime minister. And that's the only place where Rutte can, can speak freely because this, the meeting is secret. And if with all this knowledge, the king still found it was a wise thing to go to his vacation home for the second time in two months, then I don't know how I'm going to convince my neighbor, uh, my, my 75-year-old neighbor who desperately wants to buy Christmas uh, Christmas decorations, how I can convince her not to go. Because uh, if people already... Uh, didn't want to follow the rules. How on earth is this motivating them to do it anyway? In, in, yeah. To the contrary, they will only be motivated more to to just do whatever they want and to to yeah. to to make sure the, the this virus is spreading through the country. But also, also, I think Maxima's face in that video just sums up the national mood right now. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. <laughs> we're just utter, utter despondency and yeah. <laughs> and just being totally fed yeah, up she, with the whole situation. Uh, she, yeah, yeah, her really. facial expressions was uh, <laughs> her, her um, uh, uh, non. Uh, her body language was very, uh, very telling. Yeah. Indeed. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so at least uh, the, the royal family have to have fulfilled their function of bringing the country together uh, in outrage yeah. uh, about their holiday. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, this is and, true. Maybe and this to is be, like 4D chess. That and to playing. be fair, the last time we were in 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 a crisis this big in the country, they also uh, the first thing they did was also go abroad. So yeah, it was just history yeah. repeats itself. <laughs> yeah, they went to London for five yeah, years. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. How I just don't understand how. Like you live in a palace. Like what are you yeah, doing? Just, <laughs> I mean, I I'm very sympathetic for people who live in tiny houses and have some kids and have been stuck homeschooling them for months and it's miserable that they want to get yeah. away. But like I don't have a lot of sympathy for this yeah. person who can just like go walk their grounds. Yeah, or, like I don't have grounds. Or or sleep in a bed in one of the guest bedrooms in one of your or the wings of your palace to to feel that you're not yeah. at home. I mean, yeah, there's there's so much mm. so much things to do. It's crazy. Yeah. But we have yeah. to say we have to admit that uh, his defecation home was uh, located in a code yellow uh, area and that means that yeah. you are technically speaking free to travel there but you know the government yeah. has said just Rutte said Hugo de Jonge said in the press conference on Friday stay at home stay at as home. much as possible uh, and the king is a member of the government so he basically just ignored uh, uh, what, what yeah. the government was saying and I think um uh, I, I was thinking, usually there were a lot of people who uh, who are called, saying on Twitter that we just should abolish the, the, the monarchy, right? Whenever there's OPEF, people are talking about that. Yeah. And I think mm. usually when a monarchy is uh, toppled, uh, it requires a, a year-long famine or uh, losing a world yeah. war. And I think um, going on holiday which is technically allowed would be just the, the, the most Dutch reason to abolish a monarchy. <laughs> so This is true, actually. So if 
If they're gonna go down, maybe it'll be going down. Yeah, for this. and so uh, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an anti-monarchist, but I mean, if this would be the reason, I would be, I, I would, I would laugh so so loud that I would uh, have peace yeah, with it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, it could only be better if uh, if if it was abolished in five years' time because uh, the, because they couldn't find the bonnetches <laughs> for the commercial flight back to back from Athens. Or if they, you no, know, they could technically abolish it, but not completely abolish it. They would have yeah. some sort of chadoch construction for it. That that also would be a very good thing to do. construction. I'm yeah. into that. monarchy. Yeah. Yeah, it would be unique in the world. Uh, Hadouk Marnaki. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. If you've had to cancel a family holiday because you weren't up to speed with the latest coronavirus trends and want to be better informed, why not sponsor the Dutch News Podcast on Patreon? We'll bring you all the latest news on everything from the government's pandemic control measures to penguin custody disputes in the Bible Belt. And in return, you get to keep us stocked up on stop waffles and dog food, and we'll give you a shout-out on the next episode and answer your questions as best we can. This week we say thank you to one new patron, Arash, who is not based in Minnesota, just for a change. Is that legal? Are we accepting money from outside of Minnesota? Uh, I think we're going to have to, yeah, on this occasion. Yeah. Crazy. We'll have to do something. We'll have to tolerate it or something. Put it in a slush fund. We could do it. We could do it. Arash doesn't have any questions for us, although we do know uh, from other communications he has very strong views on Olibolan. And in fact, uh, he personally requested uh, Paul to become a transatlantic Olibolan delivery person for this episode. And I told him if he pays my ticket, I will be very happy to bring him Olibolan. So he is starting to pay (laughs) my ticket now. So uh, we just kind of have to wait a couple of months, a couple of years before uh, that ticket is uh, is scraped together. But then I will come to, I think he lived in California, did he? Yeah. I think he lives yeah, in California. Yeah yeah. 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 I mean, I tried to tell him he could just make Oli Bala, <laughs> but uh, Paul does not want the secret to get no, out. So. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. The secret being just go to the supermarket and buy Oli Bala mix. Like everyone else. <laughs> well, you can't do that in America. <laughs> no. It's very easy to make. The olibola mix is just flour with some uh, yeast, I think. So it's it's all very, wow. very basic. Yeah, it's this pancake mixture with yeast, Probably, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely it. I thought for a moment, Gordon, you were going to say, just go to the supermarket and buy your olibola there. But luckily, you, you, you only said the, uh, the mix. Oh, no. Good, good God, no. Arash says, thank you for this fun and refreshing podcast. Uh, well, thank you very much for your support uh, to, to Are you. Are we fun and refreshing? according to our patrons we are and that's all that really matters (laughs) they're paying us to say this so yes we are if you'd like to show your appreciation for our refreshing take on Dutch news go to patreon.com slash dutchnewsnl With 10 weeks to go until Brexit hits home, around 6,000 British people in the Netherlands still haven't sorted out their residential status. The campaign group, British in the Netherlands, says many people are unaware that it won't be business as usual from January the 1st, and they'll need to have documentary evidence of their right to stay. Residence is not necessarily up at number one on a lot of people's agendas, said British in the Netherlands spokeswoman Trisha Tarrant. People are worried about coronavirus and possibly losing their jobs, which I guess are kind of quite immediate things right now. That's true, but I mean, Brexit has been dragging on since... The thing is, it's been dragging on so long, it's kind of become part of the background music. Ah, and people yeah. have uh, pushed it to the back of their minds, yeah. I think. And also, they haven't fundamentally understood that, although, well, as we'll come on to, Brexit formally happened earlier this year, the real impact isn't going to be felt until the transition period runs out. Anyway, the Immigration Service IND has sent out nearly 35,000 letters to British nationals this year uh, in Dutch and English, but it stopped on August the 1st. It's approved 25,000 applications and rejected just 25. Oh. 
What did you do to get rejected, Gordon? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's kind of bizarre. I can't think how you could have, um, you know, what people could have done to get their application rejected because they've bent over backwards to make it as straightforward as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but officials are worried that thousands of people, especially those who've only just arrived, will be without legal residential status at the start of 2021. The British Embassy has been holding online events for UK nationals. Amsterdam has also urged employers to make sure their British staff have their paperwork in order. British in Netherlands says it's most worried about people who are eligible for a short-term five-year permit because they've been here for less than five years. Those people might struggle to get together the necessary documents or just uh, navigate the system uh, or not be aware. Maybe the Dutch government has put extensive information in English uh, available. Uh, we'll put a link to it on our, in our loaner notes, but it is actually pretty straightforward. I've done it myself. Um, the, the most challenging thing is getting an appointment to have your biometrics taken because obviously that was all stopped during the, during the mm. lockdown. And elderly or vulnerable people who've been living here for years they, they might just uh, be completely off the radar they may also uh, might struggle to make online appointments so uh, the campaign group's worried about them uh gordon i was under the impression that brexit had already happened yes thank you for being this week's twitter reply person <laughs> thank you I, I i took one for the team on this because you i did. already know what the answer to this question is but I'm, I'm here for you i know you know but it was important we address this point yes the uk did leave the european union at the end of february uh but there's been the transition period which basically means all the rules still apply and that includes things like coronavirus so the uk has been copied into all the agreements all the constantly changing agreements made on who can travel where it also includes freedom of movement for goods all of this is going to end on the 31st December when Brexit kind of happens for real. So all we've had really is at the moment is a kind of phony war shadow Brexit (laughs) effectively. And a lot of people are unaware that uh, the real damage is caused uh, on January the 1st when people will discover that they have to pay duty on their van loads of booze and they can't bring back cheddar cheese without a license. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of people who comment on our Facebook page who are going to be real surprised to discover this. Yeah, but you can't get these comments on social media saying, oh, we already left the European Union, what are you talking about? Yeah, but actually you find out that the, the real business end of it, which is the bit that all the Brexiteers, uh, all the sort of flag-waving, let's send the immigrants home type people never thought through, uh, the pain of that is not going to be felt until the 1st of January, at which point it's going to hit really, really Indeed, hard. Indeed, we are currently in Schrodinger's Brexit. Uh, the UK is not dead yet. It's dead and it's alive currently, but, you know, after this transition period... It's like a zombie member of the European Union, basically. It's uh, it's walking about, but there's there's no pulse. Some 100,000 17-year-old girls in the Netherlands will be receiving their call-up papers this week, informing them that they are now eligible for military service and, should it be required, they're going to have to join the military. Active military service was abolished in 1997, but a change in the law agreed in 2018 means girls too will now be sent a letter in the year they turn 17, informing them they have been added to the military service register. I remember that I got my letter when I was 17. Yeah. And for you, your son received one as well, right? My, my son received his this week as well. Yeah, and it frightened the life out of me when I first yeah. read it. I, I had the same, same thing. <laughs> but at least your letter or your son's letter said at the end of it that you don't have to worry about anything. Uh, it's only in the case of, of a, an actual war that you, have to, you can be yeah. called up. Y- 
yeah, mine it's, wasn't that it's clear. It's only at the end, only right at the end they clarify that. But yeah, yes. but mine yeah. wasn't wasn't that clear at all. They, it didn't have any any sort of these uh, clarifications. So I was scared as hell and I uh, I thought, what the hell is going on? Did you think you'd have to go uh, under Dauk in, in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in your grandmother's I was, farm? I was, yeah. I was already <laughs> building a bookshelf, uh, nailing a bookshelf against <laughs> my bedroom door uh, to, to, to go in hiding there. No, but uh, I, I remember that I was scared as hell. But uh, yeah, luckily, I, I still have to wait a couple of years until I don't have to, uh, I'm not eligible for military service anymore. Um, and the letter will also alert girls uh, to the possibility of a career in the military. I think it also, uh, the, the boys' letters also mention that, I think. Yeah. Despite a number of uh, campaigns, women only account for 10% of military personnel. It's increasing slightly, but it is very difficult to find women who want an army job, a Ministry of Defense spokesman told broadcaster NOS. There has never been a situation in the Netherlands where the army of reserves has had to sprung into action since compulsory military service was abolished in 1997. And also, do we know who else will be uh, called up for military service if uh, if her service is required? We do, because it's in the script, but uh, tell us anyway. It's Princess Amalia. She's the first female heir to the throne uh, to receive a call-up letter. Her father, King Willem-Alexander, opted for the Navy, where he was trained as an officer, and he formed a part of a frigate crew on several occasions. Female royals have never had a military function. In contrast to the Belgian monarchs, constitutional law uh, does not have the Dutch uh, does not make the Dutch head of state commander in chief, for example. And also, there is a slight contrast with the heir to the throne of Belgium and the heir to the throne in the Netherlands, Princess Elizabeth, I think she's called. She is now actually in military service because she will be the commander-in-chief when she become a queen. And also her payment of almost a million euros is also postponed until she is of uh, a responsible age. All right. So that's also a little contrast okay. uh, with the Dutch. Yeah, because Amalia will get her, her first uh, down payment in December because she turns 18 at the start of the month and she gets 100,000 euros for the last 20 20 days of the year, which are mostly holidays. <laughs> yeah, indeed, which, which she will probably spend in secret in Greece. But the difference here is that the payment in the Netherlands is constitutionally arranged, where in Belgium it's not. Yeah, the British royals also uh, have a tradition of uh, serving the military when, when, they, when they're younger. We don't have a military service, but uh, the, the royal family usually do a couple of years in the military. Um, the Prince Harry uh, took the title of Captain Wales when he ah. was the pilot in the RAF, which makes him sound like uh, <laughs> a really feeble superhero. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> or like an aquatic superhero with a very sp- <laughs> like specific like specialization, yeah. basically. <laughs> Filtering plankton out of seawater, yeah. Sports news. Ajax had an inauspicious start to their Champions League campaign as they went down 1-0 at home to Liverpool. Sadio Mane's shot was deflected into his own net by Nicolas Taliafico for the only goal of the game. That leaves the Amsterdamers with an uphill task to qualify from a group that also contains Italian side Atalanta Bergamo. In the Europa League, Azad Alkmaar pulled off a remarkable 1-0 win at Napoli. Remarkable because uh, 13 of their players had tested positive for coronavirus and had to stay home. Wow. So, <laughs> Did they even have a team after well, that? Well, they had 19 players uh, in the squad. You usually, usually travel the squad of about 21 or so. Uh, they only had 19 left that could travel to Italy. So Azad had a higher infection rate than Trimonaco. Uh, by a long yeah. chalk, yeah. Their star striker, Miron Boadu, was one of the players who couldn't travel. But they managed to win 1-0 in Napoli, uh, which uh, won the top Italian side. So an extremely good result for them. Uh, standing forward, Danny De Witt scored early in the second half. They had literally no strikers there to play a midfielder up front. In the other Europa League matches, PSV Eindhoven lost 2-1 at home to Spanish side Granada, while Stephen Berghaus missed a penalty as Feyenoord drew 0-0 away to Dinamo Zagreb. So a bad start for 
Fantastic advocate there. And there's uh, also been another setback uh, for Shinky Knecht, Molly's favorite uh, Dutch name. That is a great name. Yeah, he is one of the great names. Yeah, Shinky Knecht, uh, the world champion speed skater who's possibly one of the unluckiest people you've ever met. He's literally a guy who should just never walk under ladders or, you know, if a black cat crosses his path, he should just stay in bed the rest of the day. He's had uh, bad luck in recent years with injuries and disqualifications. Attentive followers of short track speed skating may remember he missed a whole year of his career when he suffered severe burns in an accident while he was lighting a stove. And now he's one of five skaters who've had to withdraw from the Invitation Cup in Hierophane because one of their training partners, Dennis Fisser, tested positive for coronavirus. So corona is ruining everything as usual. Knecht was already questioning the decision to hold the event, which is an international speed skating tournament, given the rising number of infections. He said the local health service claims short track isn't a contact sport, but of course if you've ever watched it, it most certainly is. It most certainly is. The whole point of the sport is knocking your contestants Isn't it basically just roller derby on ice? Pretty much, yeah. And basically, usually the the winner is is the only one that hasn't crashed into everybody else. Right. Isn't it like Indy 500, but on a very short ice rink? Yeah, on a standard size ice rink. So it's like uh, literally tiny and you've got to go around these sharp turns and yeah, people fall over the whole time and uh, just slice each other's hands with the skates. That's why they wear the gloves. Yeah. Because they're constantly skating over each other's hands. I do have to say that I like this sport much better than the normal ice skating because that just yeah, drags on and drags on. We have a 10 kilometer race and it feels like you are uh, uh, watching for an eternity until uh, finally they finish. But yeah, this is much more exciting and uh, as you say, short track. Yeah, and usually people fall over the whole yeah. time in the same way that you basically watch downhill skiing for the crashes. Let's be honest. Yeah, so Knecht said uh, all sorts of short trackers are coming here from other countries. I think it's irresponsible. He is unlucky, but at least he's smart. Guys, the only question I have about this podcast today is why the whole thing was not about this story. (laughs) Why did we have to do all this bullshit sports news, Amalia being recruited to the military, (laughs) Greek tragedy drama, when we've been sitting on the best story I think we've ever had on this podcast. And speaking of sitting on things... Exactly. (laughs) Smack in the middle of the Dutch Bible Belt, a soap opera-esque tale of baby snatching and drama has erupted. Forget everything else we've discussed, there's gay penguin drama in the Netherlands. You might remember a year ago when an egg-snatching gay penguin couple hit the news. The two wannabe dads stole an egg from a heterosexual penguin couple. Well, this year they've gone even further. They stole an entire nest from a lesbian penguin couple. (laughs) Yes, they stole the lady's entire house and child, proving that gay dudes are just as trash as straight dudes are. (laughs) The couple is now taking turns sitting on the eggs while the other one forages for food. But unfortunately for the thieving homos, the eggs are unlikely to hatch. Since they were laid by two ladies, they aren't likely fertilized, the zoo says. Penguins apparently breed twice a year, so I'm looking forward to more drama. Yeah, they will definitely steal more eggs uh, in the future, right? Oh my God, this is the best. I love the story. It's Uh, so good. They will steal more eggs because these ones won't hatch. So I wonder how long it's going to take for the penny to drop with these guys that the eggs are not going to turn into baby penguins. I mean, guys are kind of <laughs> dumb, so I think it'll take a while. I'm just looking forward in a couple of months when one of these penguins are secretly going to their second holiday home in Greece, and uh, yeah, exactly. and the other and the other it one will snatch uh, uh, will snatch to the media about this, and uh, yeah, yeah. But another penguin will have to take responsibility because this one will be a king penguin and therefore is infallible. Yeah, the zoo <laughs> spokesperson um, that I talked to for the story said that the two male penguins are apparently like kind of the dominant 
dominant pair in this like <laughs> penguin community, penguin society. And so they just keep taking whatever they want, including like the ladies' eggs, which I thought was uh, both sort of enlightening in the sense that like it's nice to see uh, a society that is accepting of uh, gay leaders <laughs> um, and also proof that men just continue to be trash no matter what species we're talking so about. So al- alpha male behavior is alive and well in the penguin community. Yeah. Regardless of what gender you love, alpha male behavior is alive. <laughs> but if well. these penguins are so dominant, uh, can we say that there is no constitutional monarchy in that penguin enclosure? It's it's an absolute monarchy over there, right? It's a dictatorship. I don't think it's an absolute monarchy, though. I mean, I don't think that they can like get away with anything. I don't yes. know. Yeah, we, we, will, we will need to know if there's a penguin who has to take penguin stereo responsibility for all these actions. That's the real question. Yeah. So if the if the ladies are mad, do they go beat up a, th- a fifth penguin or a third penguin because they cannot attack the two male penguins because they are immune yeah. from prosecution? <laughs> That's the question. We need a commission for this to investigate this. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah, there definitely needs to be any commission. There'll be some kind of a penguin polder uh, arrangement. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> One of the most fun parts of this story is that it's in the middle of the Bible Belt, right? Where, yes. uh, you know, gay marriage and homosexuality is very much frowned upon. Yeah, well, but, but there are more gay penguins and female counselors. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's the Bible Belt, so we should just be happy that they're allowing women to vote at all, frankly. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, If you are an SVP member, uh, they don't allow women to become members, but they do allow women to vote because otherwise they would have half as much as seats in Parliament. So they're very pragmatic in terms of their principles. Yeah, yeah. funny how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the SVP also had its first uh, female representative. Last week, yeah. Yeah, so moving into the 19th century at a rate of knots. That's uh, all that we have for you this week. This podcast is a production of Dutch News, which can be found online at dutchnews.nl. We will include links to everything we've talked about today in the liner notes. You can get in touch with us by email to podcast.dutchnews.nl. If you want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. And you can also back us on Patreon at patreon.com slash dutchnews.nl. So please do that because we uh, we want to buy our uh, lavender flavored uh, olibola and and uh, distribute them to California. Yeah, that's right. That's our number one priority right now. You can earn yourself a free shout out if you donate, uh, and uh, we will uh, answer all your ridiculous questions. My thanks to Gordon Derek and Molly Quell. I'm Paul Peters, and we'll be back next week. you guys start talking about masturbation i'm going to start talking about periods this is the this is Fine. now the rule on this podcast <laughs> Molly, i have four sisters i have no problems no, whatsoever yeah, with this. <laughs> no. yeah yeah I, i'm not refreshing myself at this moment i'd like to say <laughs> <laughs> we, we can see, well well gordon your your blanket is covering your your webcam a bit so we don't know if you are not refreshing yourself right now <laughs> Okay, how about every time you make a masturbation joke, I'm going to do a recap of the latest Nikki Tutorials video. Uh, I'm watching Louis the so basically that's all, also I something come up with that something I do. Better. Yeah, you're just going to have to, you can, you can, you can, I don't know, show a photo of Fair Trapperhaus or something. Maybe I'll just start putting up photos of yeah. Cherry Baudet laying on a piano on the screen. We'll see how you feel about masturbation then, Gordon.